You know what, Jamie? Let's pop off right now. We got to get started. We got to go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get the people in the chat. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hit and Hustle Morning After Recap Show, brought to you by IrishSportsDaily.com. I'm your host, Greg Flamong, as always. Um, this is the morning after Notre Dame's 31-23 to defeat at the hands of Clemson in Death Valley, dropping Notre Dame to 7-3, and likely out of the uh, top. Well, maybe maybe they'll be like bottom end of the top 25. Um, not that it really matters. Uh, New York Six game is going to be out of play for the Irish, um, which was kind of the focus of the last uh, four games of the season post-USC, and after they lost to Louisville, uh, the goal was going to be to try to get into a New Year's Six contest, and that's not going to happen. Uh, so we're going to talk about the game. We're going to talk about my final thoughts. I'm going to lead off with four big things, kind of four big themes for me heading out of this game and what they need to do in the final two to kind of salvage something from the season, right? And I think there is a lot to play for still. There is a lot on the line uh, for this team, and so I'm going to get into that. Uh, in just one second. Just thank everyone for tuning in. Uh, if this is your first time catching my show or the morning after recap show, please hit the like button, please hit the subscribe button, and please hit the notification bell so you know that whenever we are going live, um, I'm going to be going live tomorrow for the with Dara Mabry on our show, um, Dines with Dara on the Joy Slot podcast. We're going to be doing a live recap after the women's game uh, against UConn. I'm, I'm sorry, not against UConn. Against South Carolina in, in Paris. The women are in Paris right now. They're going to have a game at 1 Eastern time, 10 a.m. Pacific time. And we're going to go live after that. We're going to we're gonna do a live show. So that's going to be really exciting. So you're going to want to uh, hit the subscribe button for that. And you're going to want to hit the notification bell so you know whatever it is. We are going live. Uh, I want to thank. Uh, one of our two sponsors, which is ESQ Clothing, which has created the world's first bamboo dress shirt. Craft from high-quality bamboo fabric, it's the softest and most comfortable shirt you'll ever put on. Not only more sustainable than cotton, but also feels cooler, has stretch, is odor and wrinkle resistant, and it's even machine washable. You've seen ESQ's one-piece collar bamboo dress shirt on all of Notre Dame's top players and coaches. It's the perfect shirt for today's business meeting or heading for a night out. Use ISD15 and get 15% off all online items. That's ISD 15 for 15% off. Um, one more thing. Uh, links to this podcast are in the description below if you prefer the audio format. Um, so, VG, first of all, Carney, thank you very much for being here. Five Burkhart boys. We'll, we'll get to these questions in a second. I do want to get to uh, kind of my four thoughts to lead off the show, and then we'll get into some of these uh, comments and I think BG this this might uh, this might actually address one of your comments as well on um, some of my four things. Um, so first thing is um, I think the focus the main focus for the team and for the fans too is like it's very important for this team to get to nine and three. Um, we've like we I think we now assume that because the tougher games are kind of behind us. And you've got uh, mismatches on paper against Wake Forest and uh, Stanford coming up. That's like, oh, okay, like the team's going to be nine and three. But we don't. You, it's very important that the team and the and the program itself keeps their eye on the ball and just doesn't assume victories against those teams. Stanford's playing a lot better than they had earlier in the year by far, especially offensively. They're giving teams problems. Um, you know, they, they beat Washington State yesterday 10 to 7, which is obviously not a good performance for their 
for their offense, but their defense obviously played very well in that game. And and they've been playing a lot better lately, right? They gave Washington a hard time, right? They gave uh, – I mean, they beat Colorado. They gave they're, – they're, they're giving teams uh, a difficult time out there. And, you know, whether it, it results in wins or losses, like it's a lot more difficult than it has been for teams going against them. Uh, and, and Notre Dame traditionally has not played very well going out to the West uh, Thanksgiving weekend, especially at the end of the year, right? So you you, you want to make sure you end on a high note there. And we've seen, especially Charlie Weiss teams, and, and you know, a lot of people compare, you know, Marcus Freeman to Bob Davey because of the defensive coordinator thing. Like, I think we see, we've seen Charlie Weiss teams go 6-2 and two, um, and then completely collapse at the end of the year, uh, losing games that they obviously should not, right? Like losing to Syracuse, losing to UConn, like bad football teams. I think this team is a little bit different and I don't have the same concerns about them that I, that I that you would the Charlie Weiss teams. Cause I think the defense is a lot better. Um, and while they didn't have a great game yesterday, like they certainly played well enough to win. Um, and I would expect that they would continue to play at a high level in the last two games. So that's important, but you do need to get to nine and three, like get, get to nine and three. You have a chance to win 10 games in a bowl game. And I think that matters. And I think that's important. And that kind of gets to um, a question of, you know, People are asking, and we, we kind of talked about this on the on the post game show yesterday, in the instant reaction show about, you know, is it time to give Steve Angeli the reps? And I think that I entertained the idea, and I thought about it, and it's like, you know what, Marcus Freeman does need to say, like, no, winning these games is the utmost important. Sam Hartman is our best quarterback, and he's healthy, and we're going to put him out there, and we're going to give the team a best chance to win. The bowl game might be a little bit different. Um, and we can get into that when it comes and who the opponent is um, and, and, you know, as we get to that point. But I think it's important for them to focus on being nine and three. Um, th there's a lot of talk about the offense, uh, you know, after the after the game yesterday. And I think that I think those those conversations are fair. Right. And I, and I think they're all good. I, I don't love just kind of emoting about firing Jared Parker. I mean, we just, we just need to talk about the problems that are out there. Um, and I think the problems go back to, you know, spring and fall camp where, you know, the, the team just isn't prepared well offensively to play at a high level on a consistent basis right now. They haven't played a good football game offensively really since, since Ohio state in terms of just uh, like a high level of play um, where they, they didn't execute great in that game, right? In, in the late, late down situations. And, and we're going to get into that in a second. But like, you know, there, there's a question here from BG where he's asking, what do you want to see change with the offense? We want to win by running the ball and playing defense. And it feels like that's how you win 20 years ago on offense. And we haven't changed. Um, there are lots of things that I think could change, right? Like two play action passes on 36 dropbacks is like, in my opinion, unacceptable. You can't have that, especially given the way that Notre Dame wants to play. If you want to be a power running team, then you need to be running play action consistently. If not like at least one out of every two passes needs to be a play action pass, right? Like everything should look like the main thing that you want to do. If the main thing you want to do is run, then everything every pass, most things should be basically off of that right you don't have the receivers to just straight drop 
You don't have the offensive line to just straight drop, right? So you you need to help out your guys by just deceiving the defense, doing things that that show one thing and you do another thing. And Notre Dame's not doing that right now. And we can talk about we can talk about screens and we can talk about tempo and we can talk about play action passing and deep shots. And we could talk about all those things. I think after 10 games, the fact of the matter is, is that they aren't ready to execute at a high level, no matter what they're running. That is the main concern for me. And the main thing that I see coming out of these games is whatever they're doing and whatever they're running, they're not doing it at a high level. And that goes back to like, I think the, 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 People focus a lot on play calls, and some of the play calls are not very good, right? We've we've talked about that. We've talked about that a lot. But it's it's the preparation and the ability to execute what what they're doing, and that's that's the thing where I think that's where the the first year offensive coordinator comes in. Less so like play calls and game plans, and more so being able to prepare your players to play at a high level and to get them ready to go throughout the season, going back to spring, going back to fall camp. Like these guys, like you watch them play it. It's like, man, it's just the level is not there. And especially when it's juxtaposed against the defense where most of the things they do are at a high level. And when they make a mistake, you think to yourself, wow, like that's shocking that that happened. Like Ben Morrison giving up the inside on a slant route. Like that's you, you think, wow, like that never happens. Like I can't believe that happened. Uh GJ Brown missing a fit on a blitz and they hit a explosive for a touchdown. Like you think, man, like that that's so rare for this defense. And and you see the juxtaposition between the two units. It's like one is just like grad level, grad level, uh, you know, master's level of 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 execution uh, level of play. And then you have the offense, which is like freshman one oh one, you know, and some of that is fair because, or not, I don't want to say fair, but understandable given they don't have any underclass upperclassmen playing receiver for them right now, with the exception of Chris Tyree, who is in his first year playing wide receiver. So it, you kind of understand why that would be the case. You know, we understand that. But at the same time, like it is week 10, you do need to be better and you need to be better at the things that you want to be be doing and you have been doing all year. And Notre Dame is not there. So that's a real problem. Like that, that to me is the thing. It's like you're not preparing them during the week and the preparation hasn't come in even in the off season to where it's like, yeah, we can go tempo and play at a high level. Can they do that? Like, I don't have confidence in that. Right. Uh, oh, they're they're gonna they're suddenly gonna push the pace. Like, yeah, maybe a drive, right? So, like for the two minute, like, yeah, they can do that. But as for a full game, I, I just don't have the confidence that Notre Dame's gonna be able to play that way. And um that concern that concerns me. Um uh let's see. Fred Laskowski says, Greg, if you know this, then why don't the coaches see this? It's not that they don't see it, maybe they do see it. But I don't have to fix it. I can say this. Like, I can sit up here and say it, right? And we can talk about it. But I'm, they have, they're the ones who have to fix it. And they haven't fixed it. Um, 
and you have to question whether or not they have the ability to meaningfully do that in the last, you know, two, three games. Where is this magically coming from? You know, these, these great schemes. I mean, I think the fact of the matter is, is they get to play at home in a couple of weeks against Wake Forest. They're a much better home team. And so I think we can expect to see, I mean, Wake Forest is not anywhere near the caliber of team that Clemson is in terms of their players, in terms of their defense, right? You play a lesser defense and some of the things that Clemson can take away, Wake Forest can't take away, right? Uh, much better at home. And so it's just, it is what it is, right? Like at 10 games in, I, I don't know. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know how much meaningful change you can see. Um, it just the team is what it is, and they just need to they just need to execute better. Uh, Shannon Neely says, "How much responsibility should the administration take for this season by being cheap on the OC and not coming up with a viable plan for undergrad transfers? They are failing Freeman. Um, you know, I, from the transfer piece, I, I don't know. I mean, the only place where it's like, man, they needed to get players and they didn't was wide receiver, and that's been a huge problem. Um, they obviously took Caleb Smith, and that did not work out at all. Uh, he left the team in the spring. I think a big piece is for wide receiver. Jaden Thomas got hurt. We talked about that extensively on the postgame show. Um, the fact that he was brought back, I think, pretty clearly too soon, and he re-injured himself, and he he got no snaps yesterday. So he was a complete non-factor in the game. Um, the fact that Lorenzo Styles left the program, I mean, he was, you know, he went from what nine catches for 162 or eight catches for 162 in the Fiesta Bowl to, you know, kind of having a crisis of confidence last year to leaving the program. I mean, that's a bad, that's a bad outcome from from a player you thought was going to be a key player for you. Uh, Deion Colsey hurts his knee. I mean, you have no upperclassmen at wide receiver right now, with the exception of Tyree, like I said. And so it, it's just like that situation is bad. Uh, the the grad, you know, they needed to bring in a couple of transfers. We said they only brought in one. He didn't work out. They didn't bring any last year. Um, so I don't know if, if is that a situation where they had, uh, you know, the they had players in in mind that they wanted to bring in that they weren't able to because of the grad restrictions. Um, that's something that needs to be looked at on that end. You know, for for the OC thing, I, I don't. I don't want to relitigate that because there's so many like partial truths and half truths to that. And who really knows? I think that, you know, I think they need to, they need to own. I mean, the administration, like I think Marcus Freeman needs to own, like he made the decision that he made and, and it hasn't worked out. Right. So like, what are you going to do about that? How are you going to do about like what? How are you going to solve that problem? Um, because it is it is a problem right now, and and you have to say like you have to admit like this is unacceptable. Like you're looking at like okay, uh, like third down, right? Uh, the uh, the Notre Dame stats account, um, who does a really good job with all their EPA stats and success rate stats and things of that nature. Um, they were in this game. They were in the fifth percentile nationally in uh, EPA per play on late late down situations, right? And you look at it in the uh, in the third down conversions, right? Sixteen of fifty nine since Ohio State, twenty seven percent conversion rate. Um, that's literally Iowa. 
Iowa is at 27% for the season, which is 131st in the country. Like that is, that is a complete reflection of, so sometimes I think play calling sometimes is overblown. That is one where it isn't. It absolutely isn't. You need to get your team in a play on third down that either scores a touchdown or, you know, extends a drive. And if you're not doing that, like you are, you are literally not doing the thing that you need to do. Like that is what play calling is. You need to have winners on third down. A whole day of practice is dedicated to third down, right? There's a first and second down day. And then there's a third down day. A whole day of practice is devoted to that stuff. And they are failing worst in the country in the last five weeks. I mean, that is not going to do it, right? And so we saw yesterday some really good drives. Initially, you get down there, you can't win on third down. You got third and 10, and you run a draw for five, and you kick a field goal. That's, like, unacceptable. Like, you can't you can't do that. Um, you've got another third. You've got more third downs, third and short. You know, you get the ball batted down. It's not the worst play call. But, again, there, there's an execution problem there. Uh, you've got another third and short where you call the rollout and you miss Great House, where it's like that the rollout hasn't worked all year. They've been doing it, hasn't been working. They ran it again and it didn't work. Uh, you know, Great House came open late. Hartman missed them. I'd have to look at the all 22 to kind of determine, you know, is is it was it just a bad throw? Were there people in the way? Um, it was a forced throw. It, it looks like he was more open than he was. I'd have to look, but again, that that play. I don't know that that play's worked all year. And they ran it a big spot, and it, it didn't work again. You know, kick another field goal. You know, and, and it gets to the point where Notre Dame gets the early the early interception in the first in the second half. I mean, that they, they could be taking the lead with that touchdown. You know, they could be tying the game with that touchdown. But instead, you're just cutting it from 15, uh, 15 points to no, – oh, I'm sorry. What was it? You cut it from it was twenty four to six. You cut it from fifteen to eight. Well, I, I mean that could that that play could have been a tie or take the lead. So it's just like it's not good complimentary football by the offense there, um, and that really hurt, hurt the defense. Uh, Rajon says um, on the rollout third down call in the end zone. It's reported had two wide receivers open. Hartman threw it into the stands. Flores was open too. Yeah, so I thought Flores was open early. Um, I thought he was open early, but the, again, like that goes to, that goes to execution, right? Again, you, you, you can't, you can't be in a situation where you run a play that you haven't been successful with, and then you run it again and it doesn't work. It's like, well, you have people open. It's like, yeah, but you haven't had success with this play. So it, again, are, are you repping it good in practice? And it's just not translating to the game. Is that the problem? Because you, you need – this is when it goes back to coaching and preparation. You need to have your players ready to execute the things that you call that you think are going to work, just like the screenplay, just like the, the end of Ohio State. Like you have these plays. Oh, if we had just hit this play. Yeah, but you didn't. And that continues to be the problem. It's like, oh, we, we, we had it, but we just didn't execute it. But you didn't. Like you didn't execute it. And that's why I say it goes back further than just – and it goes deeper than just play calls and game plans. You're not preparing them. That is what coaching is. Like that is coaching at its its ba most basic thing. Like preparing them to like look. It, it, 
you know, it sounds simple, but like you go back to, you know, Nebraska in 1995, right? In the in the 90s, you go back to Notre Dame. Like Notre Dame's running plays that everyone knows then, right? But it's like you just execute it. You're, the level of execution is so much higher that you, that it doesn't really matter. It's it's like when people say like, oh, it doesn't matter if they know the plays, right? And obviously it, it helps if they know the exact play. But if Notre Dame's in I formation in 1993, they're going to run one of four plays, right? And you know that, but you don't know which one. And you don't know exactly. And so it's like we, because we don't know which one, they can just execute it better than us and, and end up winning on the play. And Notre Dame's not winning on plays that, that even if the team knows, like they're not winning on that stuff. And so that's the problem. That's why I go back to execution. It's like, yeah, maybe it was open, right? But you're not executing it. And that's the and that's the deal. Um uh do, 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 do. I'll go to uh Michael Donahoe. Thank you. Thank you, Michael, for being here. Um, I'm curious what your thoughts are regarding Notre Dame getting a good offensive play call in the offseason. Jared Parker inherited this offense, but it doesn't seem like he knows how to adjust in game. Um, it's been a problem. It's been a problem. Um I think I think more than just a good play caller is like you need someone who you are confident can get these guys ready to go and can get them prepared to play at a high level. You know, and I think that's that's a main thing. It's like, man, you gotta you gotta have a track record. And th- and I think that's where like Andy Ludwig is what I think that's why he was appealing to Freeman. It's like, man, there's a lot, there's a big track record here of you being able to prepare an offense. You know, I think that I think the 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 types. I mean, Utah's kind of fallen off lately, right? Um, so maybe that wouldn't have been a great hire to begin with. But at least that's what he was looking for. Um, so I, I think I think it, you know Parker just he just didn't have that. That that's what you want out of your offensive coordinator. You want someone who you are confident that can prepare them at the very least. At the very least, you can prepare them to play to play at a high level. Um, so that's what Notre Dame is looking for. Um, my fourth thing, my fourth thing I wanted to talk about is um, the defense. And then we, we, when I'm done with these four things, we're still going to keep going, but uh, it's just the, the four things that I wanted to discuss. Um, I didn't think the game was up to their standard defensively. Um, 188 yards to Phil Maffa, uh, the 41-yard explosive. Maffa had 100, 118 yards, I believe it was, um, after contact, right? So he was running through tacklers, um, which is not which is not what you want. I mean, he's a big guy. He's a physical guy. So, I mean, you kind of understand that. But 188 yards, I believe he had a career high in the third quarter, like a beginning of the third quarter um, against this defense, which is very, very surprising. Um, and the other part is they gave up the explosive and then the two touchdown drives after that were just long drives. You know, it's not like they were put in bad situations. Um, you got the backups in for the first one to make it 17-6. And then you you don't have the backups in after the Xavier Watts interception and they go right down the field there. So uncharacteristic from the defense this year. Um, and you don't expect that against an offense that, it's just not very good, right? I mean, I tweeted out these Cade Klubnik numbers, which are just atrocious. I mean, 
let me uh let me find it here i tweeted it um let's go to profile i mean it was 0 for 1 again so now teams are 5 for 41 throwing deep against notre dame um which is which is uh an incredible stat he was 6 of 16 throwing between 0 and 9 yards Basically, you want to be like in the 80, 80% throwing between zero and nine yards. Uh, he is six of 16. Uh, between 10 and 20 yards, he had three crossers. Three, three, three for three for 49 yards. He had three three crossers. On the day, 13 of 26 for 109 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Um, you should win every game when your quarterback has numbers like that um, or the opposing quarterback has, has, um, has numbers like that. Notre Dame did not win the game. Uh, but it's just the, the, against an offense like that you, you don't want you don't want 21 points on the board there and they, i'll i'll say they gave up the 21 uh the three they gave up uh after the muff punt is uh, obviously they went three and out so that's a stop for the defense there um and then and then the the pick six is obviously not the defense's problem but 21 points against this offense and especially the way that it happened you know, those long drives like that, it just, it was uncharacteristic. Certainly played well enough to win. Certainly gave the offense plenty of chances, but it just, uh, it didn't work out. I see a lot of um, Sean Lewis talk. First of all, I think that we need to understand, like, Marcus Freeman does not want someone who runs an offense like Sean Lewis does. Spread out like that. Like, he doesn't want to be Colorado. He doesn't. I mean, he's made it very clear. So. I think it, that the whole conversation is just kind of a non-starter. So I don't really want to go there with it. Um, the other thing is, the, the other the other part is, like, he went to Colorado. He left his head coaching job to go coach, be an offensive coordinator at Colorado. It's just uh, from a decision-making standpoint, that's like a red flaggy, right? Um he had better options and he could have just waited and it was probably what he should have done. Um, so that to me is like red flaggy in and of itself. I don't know why he was demoted or whatever Dion is saying about it. Um, I'm just saying it, it, there's a track record there. Um, he, what offense does he want? He wants to, he wants, he wants basically the type of offense that he, Marcus Freeman wants the type of offense that, um, that Jared Parker is running. I think he liked the offense last year in terms of style and in terms of the way that they're playing. I mean, obviously he wants it to be a little bit more wide open, right? And he wants, he wants a, a more explosive passing game for sure, but he, he wants pro style. He doesn't want Sean Lewis. I mean, he went for, he tried to go for Anley Ludwig, right? I mean, that's what he was looking for. He wanted to go, he wanted to go to uh, the offensive coordinator at Kansas state. I don't think it's trestle ball per se, Ben. Um, I think it's more like he just, he he wants to be a physical team. I, I think he would be totally fine with Michigan's offense. I'm just, yeah. I mean, stubborn Mick, whether it's good enough, I'm just, I'm answering the question, which I know it isn't. And I know that's what you mean, but I'm just saying, like, that's what he wants. He's made it very clear. That's what he's looking for. Um, uh, so that's, that's the deal. Um, Taylor Palfrey says playing ground and pound has not yielded good results so far for Freeman is the focus on the ground game leading to inadequate wide receiver prep and lack of imagination in the passing game. Um, I think that Freeman would, would tell us that he wants both. 
he do, he feels like he can have both things. Because there are other programs that do have both things. Like Georgia. I bet he wants to be Georgia. That's what he wants to be. I, and, and honestly, like if you look at the way Georgia plays, I can see that being aspirational. Shoot, I would love that. Like I would love for Notre Dame to have an offense like that. I don't mind the way Notre Dame plays offense. It's just that you, it, just because – so to me, just because – the way that Jared Parker and, and the offense is performing right now, playing this style doesn't mean the style is wrong. It just means you need someone to come in and actually be able to coach that style. Um, it, it, that, so that's what, um, that's what he wants, you know, that that's the, and, and I, and I think it, it's a winning style, honestly. I mean, look at Tommy Reese at Bama, right? Like he, they're, they're, they're trying to be a power running team. And, and 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 the other thing is like people, you know, Tommy Reese, uh, you know, he, he gets a lot of credit, right? He's able to dial up the shots. Like this is kind of what I would I, w- I wish Notre Dame was right now, but they don't have the runner. Hartman is not the runner that Milrow is. Like Milrow is a problem on the ground. I mean, so many drives extended by him just running and scrambling for first downs. Like that is the great benefit of someone like that, right? But the the shots that Tommy Reese is dialing up for him right now, like that is the that is the thing where it's like, hey, we can we can we can run at you, and we want to run at you, but also like when we pass, we're we're going for it, we're going for it. Um, Roosevelt Carney says we can't uh, recruit like Georgia. I mean, I kind of disagree. Like Georgia doesn't have because you look at the way like, defensively is one thing, but. When you look at the like Georgia has, like who is there? Like Lad McConkey, who is a walk-on wide receiver, like he's their top guy. They're built off of tight ends. Like Notre Dame has good tight ends. They're built off their backs. Notre Dame has good backs, right? Like they, Notre Dame has a good offensive line. Like Notre Dame can trot out that stuff, but you need better execution. You need a better plan. You need the better preparation. That's what you need. Um, and right now, Notre Dame doesn't have that. And that's what they're looking for. And that's what they've been looking for. Um, and the other problem with Georgia is like they are in what year? I mean, since 2017, they've been doing this. So, I mean, year eight, year seven, year seven of them playing kind of in the same system. That helps. That greatly helps. So, um, that's that's where it is. Uh, uh, Coach Humph says this exact offense is more than fine once we have better performing players through recruiting and development. Then people will th- will think the offensive approach has changed drastically, but it won't be so. Yeah, like I, it, it, people just want what's successful, right? And so it's it's very common and very you know it makes sense to say like this isn't working. You need to do something else. Um, and so I just, I, I, again, I don't think the problem is the scheme or what they're trying to do. It's just that they are not, they're not capable of performing at a high level right now. And that just is, um, um, just is what it is. Uh, Roosevelt Carney. So they do have, uh, Notre Dame defense is nowhere near Georgia. Um, it, they do have, so Georgia inside is just 
a different, completely different animal. Like their ends, uh, their front, it's just completely different, right? Their linebackers are completely different. I think in the secondary, it's comparable, frankly. I think I think Morrison and Hart and Watts are they're all capable of playing at Georgia. Uh, but the front, it's just different. Like those guys are just different dudes. Um, and they're they're just built different. Um, but offensively, I I don't think Georgia is that much different personnel wise than Notre Dame, but their execution levels way higher, way, way higher. Um, it just is. Um, Matt McCarthy says, <clears throat> if Notre Dame isn't going to pay for recruits, then you, they need to be committed to using NIL for the best grad transfers as every position of need. If they can outbid, um, uh, I guess that's Auburn and Florida for Hartman, then money is an issue. No, no, no. I, I don't think uh, money is an issue uh, at all. I, I, especially for players like, like for, for grad transfers and for players on the roster. I honestly think they have, they've caught up there. Like they, they, they are not deficient in that area. Um, the, the recruiting thing is a choice. And frankly, I think it's kind of fine because <clears throat> those players aren't going to, those players aren't going to pan out uh, in the end, the type of players that, that need that NIL money. They're just not going to work at Notre Dame. Um, but I, for, from a grad transfer point and from a, like keeping your players on the roster, or keeping them whole, uh, I think, I think they're 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 exactly where uh, most teams are and where you want them to be. Um, let's see. Uh, Coach Hump says, "Are you are you hyping up the women's basketball game tomorrow?" I talked about it earlier. Well, once again, I'll point it out. We have a live show. Dara and I are going to go live after the women play South Carolina and Paris, France. Um, it'll probably be around three Eastern time when the game will end. Um, so three Eastern, uh, noon Pacific is when we'll be, we'll be going live. It's going to be awesome. We're very excited. We've, uh, I've been, Dara was texting me yesterday about football. <laughs> she was asking me about like Notre Dame and she was watching Notre Dame. She was not happy. Um, she's like, you know, why is this happening and stuff? So she's getting into football and I'm getting into basketball. It's a lot of fun. So check us out. Uh, subscribe to the show, right? Subscribe to, uh, to Irish sports daily's uh, YouTube channel and you'll catch us. David one, nine, five, uh, one, nine, five D is listening from Cancun. Buenos dias, David. That's awesome, man. Appreciate that. Thanks for being here. Um, um, let's see. Uh, Roosevelt Carney says, get rid of additional requirements to get into Notre Dame. That's half the problem right there. So here's, here's the issue, right? Is, and this is when you just like, you just kind of, you kind of have to agree in terms of like, Notre Dame, they are not going to basically allow someone to come in for four months. Let's say you need one semester left to get your degree. Okay, They're not going to allow someone to come in and take one semester at Notre Dame and get a degree from Notre Dame. They're just not going to do that. They're not. So, and like philosophically, you kind of understand that, right? Like it hurts the football team, but like it is, it is a reputable, a reputable, reputable university. Like you just, you don't want to just like, Oh, we're just not, not giving out degrees. Um, you're just not going to give out degrees. And I think that's fine for Notre Dame. And I don't have a problem with that. Um, they, they can, they 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 can get in other ways. And the other part too, is like, I, I do think like, as I say that, 
they're there. I think there that is a moving target in terms of what they're going to be willing to allow going forward. I do wonder if, if they are going to really loosen things up. I do. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, I don't have it, it. Watch this space is what I'll say on that. Um, uh, Ryan says uh, the portal has been a bust for so many this year. Notre Dame will be labeled a portal winner. Quote unquote portal isn't the issue. Uh, I agree to a some extent. Um, I. Uh, the only the only the only place where that in this was wide receiver. Everything else has worked out great. Like Hartman. Right. Obviously, he was a big get. Javante Jean Baptiste has been a great addition for Notre Dame. Thomas Harper has been a great addition for Notre Dame. Right. I think Devin Ford came in and he's been he's had a role that he's played. And so he's done really well uh, within the portal. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I mean, obviously, Spencer Schrader, uh, he's he, I mean, he's their kicker. Right. He's he's their starting kicker. So I, th I think they did well with the portal this year. I think I'm probably missing somebody, but um it's like they've done well with, with the portal Antonio Carter, like he didn't really work out, but at the same time, like he has a year next year where he can play for Notre Dame. Um, and it's not like that. It's not like he came in and it was like, they have big deficiency in on the defense, right? That's not the case. So I think they did well in the portal. It's just like the one, the one problem they had was wide receiver. They didn't get one and it didn't work out. Um, Fred Leskowski asks, uh, Greg, what is your affiliation with Notre Dame alumni? Um, a lot of people have asked this question in the past. My affiliation with Notre Dame is that when I, I, so I live in Southern California. I have my whole life. Um, my middle school, my grade school, a lot of people, uh, everyone's basically a USC person. Um, when I was nine years old, um, I, I, I just decided that I was going to be a Notre Dame fan. I think it was probably Rocket. I think probably Rocket there. I mean, it, it dates back to when I don't remember why it happened. I just know that it did. Uh, my dad is a was a UCLA basketball fan. He loved John Wooden. My mom went to USC, but she uh, was is not a, a sports person. She went to their dental school. Um, I didn't even know she went to USC till I was like fifteen. So um, that's my affiliation. I just became a fan because I wanted to. Um, I don't know why, I don't know how, uh, and now my, I met my current wife, um, when I was in grade school, I'm sorry, middle school, I met her in middle school. We didn't become connected till later in life, but she coincidentally went to Notre Dame. So she's an O3 alum. Um, so that's my affiliation with Notre Dame. That's how it happened there. It happened for no good reason. Honestly, it would be like if my son just randomly was like hey dad like i am a huge um you know hit basketball fan and in 30 years he's like doing pit basketball pods or something i'm like the pit beat or something like it's just random it just happened out of nowhere um dan or curry um, why is an up-tempo offense virtually non-existent in Parker's offense? It would seem to play towards Hartman's strengths. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I can say is that they are not ready to execute at a high level beyond the quarterback and maybe even the quarterback. That's what I would say. You know, 
if, if, if they thought they could do it, they would, but they don't. So they don't, I mean, that's why it's, they just, they can't execute it well enough. Maybe they don't have the wide receivers. Maybe they don't have the, the understanding enough as an offense to be able to do it. Um, whatever it is, they just can't, they, they're not doing it. And, um, and I assume it's just because they can't execute it the way, uh, the way that you want. Um, Mark Youngman asks, uh, what do you think about the job coach Stuckey has done this year? He's dealing with young talent, but it also seems like receivers have stopped progressing. Um, yeah, like I, I agree with this. Um, just the sentiment. Here's, here's the thing, you know, Styles left the program. Colsey, we heard we've heard we heard bad things about Colsey early last year. He came in and played well, um, but then we heard bad things about Colsey again this year in the off season. Uh, Tobias has gone. I mean, he hasn't progressed. Certainly, that's. I mean, I think that's. I think that's a pretty pretty fair statement. Um, Jane Thomas got hurt. That hurts him. That's really bad. Um, so we don't know what he was going to be. I mean, he looked good in the first couple of weeks and then he got hurt. And now it's like, he, it's basically a lost season for him. Uh, so that's, that's a bummer. Um, and then the, 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 like the two freshmen, like you're just asking too much of them that it, it's, it's too much. He, first of all, great house did all of his work in the slot and now he's no longer in the slot. And so he is no longer um, a factor. Um, Rico Flores, uh, played 51 snaps yesterday. Uh, they threw him one pass on the crosser that went for 35 yards, but beyond that, they didn't, they didn't throw it to him. They didn't target to him. Um, uh, again, if you're playing on the outside, you're not going to, you're not going to get targets. You're not going to be targeted. It's just the way it is. Notre Dame's not throwing to their outside receivers. Um, so that's, that's a real problem. Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, stubborn makes us state my credentials. Yeah, man. <laughs> just, uh, I'm just, I don't know why it happened. It's, uh, it's weird. Um, but it's, you know, I like it. Um, are Notre Dame's route trees for the wide receivers up to snuff your opinion? I don't think that Notre Dame's passing game, uh, I don't think Notre Dame's passing game period is up to snuff. I think their, their concepts of what they're trying to do is, um, fairly pedestrian and if i was a if i was a defender i would find it very easy to diagnose what notre dame was trying to do based on uh releases based on uh formation and personnel um i would just know you know um like when they go for example when they go trips uh, and they run play action. I know that I'm going to get an over route from number three, and I'm going to get a skinny post from number two. Um, and I know that's coming. Now, if you catch the defense, if you catch them in the right defense for that particular route combination, then you're going to be successful, right? We've seen it throughout the year. But if if not, and you know what it is, and you've got good defensive backs that you can kind of anticipate that stuff, then they're going to be able to sniff it out, right? Um, there's a couple routes. Maybe I can I can do some breakdowns of it um, where it's like based on where how the how the the boundary receiver, basically how he runs his route. It's like I know he's going to run a crosser, right? I know he's running a crosser and I know that there's a, a 
uh, a drag defender coming behind that. And I know that they're running like a fade on the other side and a little stop. I know that's coming, right? Because just based on the initial, um, based on the initial releases. So um, that's kind of what it is, right? Like they're what they're trying to do is fairly uncomplicated, um, and they don't have the wide receivers to just simply win one on one and get it done that way. Um, yeah, Porter wide receivers and Cam Williams. Cam Williams, very excited about him. Very excited about him. Um, yeah, Matt McCarthy, you're bringing up uh, men's basketball. Um, we're able to get non-grad transfers into school from Northwestern who were two plus years out of high school. Yeah, so like there's, <clears throat> again, this is kind of why I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hedging on that part of it because that when there's a will, there's a way. You can find a way to make things happen. Um, and Notre Dame has for a couple situations. I think there are times when it's like you, if you have X number of things in order, you there can be a way to, to make it work. There are other times when it's like, look, it's just, we just can't work with this. You know, like your situation is such that we just can't make it happen. I think Ricky Pearsall was one of those. I think he wanted to come to Notre Dame and he just wasn't able to, he wasn't a grad guy and he needed to be a grad guy. So, um, um so that's that's how i see that um ed says um why and how would marcus want an offense like that um uh can you be ed be more specific and i'll answer that question uh it was probably you were probably referring to something that i said earlier but i'm not totally sure what that was i've said a lot of things about the offense so i'm not i don't want to answer a question that um that you're not asking um, Brian Haney, uh, what's up? Thank you for being here, Brian. You just asked about Stucky. I just spoke about him. So if you just uh, got here, if you want to rewind, um, when this, I'm about to, I, this, we only got like 15 more minutes. Um, if you run a rewind and go back when I'm done, I, I talk about a, a question about, uh, Chancey Stucky from about five minutes ago. So you can check that out. Um, so here's the thing. Cam Williams will struggle in this type of offense as well. So it's it's kind of different because Cam Williams, so like he can win just one-on-one. -on -one. Like if this offense had, if this if this offense had 2018's personnel, honestly, I think they would be so much better. They would be awesome, honestly, because because then you could just win one-on-one -on -one matchups with 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 Claypool and Miles Boykin and uh and Chris Fink. You could win with those guys. Um you you could. And and I think it would go, it would go really well. Um, so the, the, but Notre Dame doesn't have those guys. That's the problem. Like you need the, that you need Kevin Austin, right? You need Ben Skoranek. You need fifth year senior, uh, Javon McKinley. Like they have no size. Like that's another problem. Like Rico Flores and, and Jaden Greathouse, um, they're, they don't have size. Tyree doesn't have size. Faison doesn't have size. Uh, Jaden Thomas does, but he's not hurt. He's, he's not healthy. And Tobias is tall, but he is not strong at the moment. So it's like you just don't have size out there. That's another problem. Um, they used to have that. They don't have that. Um, and that's where things are going to get, um, you know, kind of messed up. Um, I do need to thank one of our other sponsors. Not a good segue today. Just couldn't, I couldn't find a way to fit one in. Uh, but I do want to thank VSRmediacompany.com, which is founded by Notre Dame pregame host and Emmy Award-winning anchor Vahid Sadrazadeh. VSR Media provides professional and cinematic video and photo 
Whether you're looking for a collegiate or pro-level highlight reel, have a personal story to tell, or are aiming to diversify and grow your business, VSR Media specializes in short and long-form video storytelling, social media management, and website design. VSR Media also captures professional headshots, senior, and sports photos. Contact them at vsrmediacompany.com. Mention Iris Sports Daily to receive 20% off your first project. Visit them online or give them a call at 574-800-9106. Justin Knox is asking about portal targets. Uh, The Kansas kid, Riley Leonard, Cam Rising, who else? Um, I mean, I'd like to know who was calling plays for them before I committed to saying like, yeah, like I think this guy would work or I think that guy would work. Um, Like if you brought in Kansas's offensive coordinator, then I could totally see Jalen Daniels, right? If that, if he was going to be the move. Um, The problem is Kansas OC, he's an offensive line coach. Um, I mean, so theoretically, theoretically, if, if he was an old line coach, I mean, is it possible he knows how to coach tight ends? Because like, if he was re- replacing Jared Parker, you need a tight ends coach. Um, and so, um, would Jared Parker stay on tight ends? Like, would he just be OC? Like that? I don't, I don't know how that would work. Um, but if you, if you're, if you're, if you're adding a coach, you need to remove a coach from somewhere. Um, so, unless you're promoting from within, which would be pretty big mistake um so it's so uh yeah i mean i how would that work if jared parker's out could kettle kettle nicky play could he coach tight ends you know maybe he could um but it's a pretty important position at notre dame right so you don't want to just kind of throw someone in there um you know uh, so travis 88 cards uh mentions michael pratt most logical transfer target who would who would fit per fit perfectly um it's funny, stubborn Mick is out on Michael Pratt. Uh, it, it, again, it kind of depends, right? Like, it depends who it is. I, I think, to me, I think Riley Leonard, with this, the way they're playing offense now, I think he would fit. He's not super accurate, right? But he's a good athlete, um, and they need a good athlete. And I think he would be – the problem is, is like, yeah, like, I think he would be better in a situation where he had better wide receivers – but I don't know. Um, I don't know if he's really the. It's like I'm going to come to Notre Dame and have better wide receivers. Like that's theoretical, right? Um, like in theory, all these guys on the roster they take steps forward. You get a couple grad transfers. You get the freshman in here, Cam Williams, Micah, Micah Gilbert, and Logan Salate. Who, Logan Salate? I think there's really something there. I think Notre Dame has something there. He's like as a third wide receiver, he's like perfect. Um, and like I, I, he's he's like a perfect field player too, which I they really haven't had since Fuller. I don't know that he's as fast as Will, but he's just uh, he's he's got some explosiveness there that I think that's really going to work out for Notre Dame. Um, I like him a lot. I like him a lot. He's he's a big time. Uh, he I think he's going to be a big time get for this class. Um, again, as a third guy, right? Um, so that's good. Um, uh let's see uh lauren grad says hartman was not a portal win he can only run slow mesh offense not a win um yeah i disagree with that i mean i think hartman was he's in a bad situation he he's throwing again he's throwing to no upperclassmen 
what they're trying to do offensively, I think, isn't a benefit to him or basically anyone. Like, who, what, what quarterback would you say, like, yeah, like, even if they had Caleb Williams right now, it's not like, it's not like Sam Hartman sitting back there and it's like, oh, this guy was running wide open. He's missed him. Like, that's really not happening. It just isn't. And it, it, there are times like, like, look, there was a play that he missed. Uh, in what game was it? It might have been last week where it's like, yeah, he missed a throw, but it's like, or he missed a read. You know, like, sure. But like, that's to me, Sam Hartman made mistakes in the last game. Like, you can't throw the pick six, can't throw the pick six. Like, that's not good. Right. But I don't think this is like like a, like a sleeping top ten, top twenty offense. If only Sam Hartman played better. Like I don't think that's true. I think he hasn't played perfect. I think he's made poor decisions. But like on the play to Holden stays right. You can't throw that ball there. But basically, you're just throwing it away. Like you you just be throwing the ball away. Um. Um. And so the the interception Tyree, it's like he could throw the goal ball, but it's not there. The goal ball is not there. Like, so it's just like you're basically asking someone to take a 50-50 chance. It's probably not going to get caught. So you're basically saying to throw it away then too. So it's like, yeah, the throws, you can't make them, and they're bad throws, and they're interceptions. But it's not like people are running wide open. Um, Don Merriweather's in the chat. Thanks for being here, Dom. Uh, transfer wide receivers will want to know what offensive system they'll be in and who will throw the ball to them. Two big questions for a kid with one season to make things happen. Uh, right. Right. So that, that needs to get like Notre Dame to me is, is nowhere like near like who, what quarterback is coming. They don't know who's calling plays. They don't know who they're throwing it to, you know, or the who's throwing to them transfer wide receivers. They don't know who's throwing to them. They don't know who's calling the plays. Like it, it, I don't think you could, I don't think you could convince someone to come right now, and that's the problem. Like they, they have questions to to answer there. Thanks for being here, Dom. Um, uh, Lauren Grad says, uh, "Never again with a transfer quarterback. We would have a better record this year with Buckner or Angeli." Uh, hmm. I, I will say heavy disagreement with that, especially Buckner, Buckner with this team. No, 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 no. That would not have worked out well. It would not have worked out well. Um, it just wouldn't. It just would not. Um, oh, do, 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 do. Uh, Coach Hump says, every realistic transfer quarterback target is an unknown entity. And Jelly is an unknown entity at the end of the day. What is so appealing about an unknown entity from another program? I'm not pro Angeli, but. Uh, so, yeah. So, look, I. I'm interested to see what Angeli has, right? I, I do want to see it. Um, but like, so I was having this conversation yesterday. Like Angeli gives Notre Dame, what if he gives Notre Dame a better chance over Hartman? He wasn't, he won't throw the picks. Like to me, whatever changes that you would make to help out Angeli would also benefit Hartman. Like they should be making those changes regardless. That's where I'm at, where it's like, you need to be helping out your quarterback now anyway. You know, like, th like this could happen. You, you could, you, you, like, because they're the same type of player. Again, the, th the interceptions that Hartman threw 
they should be throwaways, but it's not like people are, it's not like people are running free, you know, like they're just, you need to help out your wide receivers. You need to help out your quarterback. You need to help out your offensive line, right? You need to change the eye level of the defense. You need to change where they're, where they're pre, what, you know, their pre-snap reads. You need to change that, the, go against tendency. I mean, look at it. They did it against Pitt. They didn't do it against Clemson, right? And it's easy to do when you're up 33 nothing or whatever it was. 31 nothing. Um yeah, Irish SP. Um uh thoughts on transfer quarterback. You may have answered time to develop quarterback room versus one year quarterback. Um, you know, I, I think they'll definitely look at it. They have to look at it. But it depends on it depends on the uh the quarter it, it depends on the coordinator. Who's the coordinator? You know, who's the, who's the, um, who's calling plays? It matters. It matters. Um, no matter what you want. Um, uh, Brian Haney, Dom, think Tobias crushes it next season. So that's for Dom Merriweather. Um, yeah. I mean, look, development. They all need to develop. Uh, Matt McCarthy says, wouldn't complain if Alec Ayo Maynard and David Bailey from Stanford hit the portal and we got them through admissions. Oh, man. What is A.O. Maynor's? Because uh, he was a recruit at Notre Dame, and he just he wasn't vibing with, with BK. He didn't like BK, and that didn't work out, so he went to Stanford. Um, I don't know what his – I don't know what class he, he is in. He might be – a if he's a 2021, that's tough. That's tough because then he's a sophomore. And so, but it's possible you're at Stanford, right? Um, so it, they could make that happen. He'd be a good addition. I mean, he's a, he's a perfect boundary, what you're looking for. Um, a stubborn mix says, I can't believe a quarterback would want to come to Notre Dame the way they have handled the position the last 10 years. Yeah, it's tough, right? How do you convince someone? How do you say, yeah, you want to be a, a pro quarterback, but come here, given what they've seen. I mean, that's just a fact of it. You know, so that's why you need who you're bringing in. If they keep Parker, I'm telling you, they're going to have to roll with Angeli or take a kid who is like, uh, <clears throat> um, you're going to have to take a kid who who's a, a D2 guy or something, like from a much lower level, like a power five quarterback. Um, so that's what you would have to do. Uh, Matt, uh, Matt Lafreniere, uh, the best throw of the year was the touchdown bass to Flanagan. I also think Angeli can run the play action, which Hartman doesn't seem comfortable doing. Angeli may not have Hartman's mental blocks. Uh, that's a fair point. It's a fair point. That's, that's, uh, I, I don't agree that it was the best pass of the year, but I do agree that, uh, if he's a better play action quarterback, um, then that might be something worth, worth considering. So that, that's a good point by Matt there. Um, yeah, so uh, Matt McCarthy says Ao Maynor, Ao Maynor and Bailey are both true sophomores. Um, yeah, I mean it. So it would it would take some. Uh, it would take some, some doing. Um, it would it would take a little bit more. Um, uh, moves and shakes from admissions, but you know, maybe it could happen. Um. Uh, Lauren Grad says, what do you think our record would be if Tyler Buckner was the quarterback? Um, I don't know. 
I think they would have lost to Duke, and I think they would have lost. I mean, they definitely would have lost to Louisville. I mean, USC is hard to say. Um, I think they'd have at least one more loss, so probably six and four, maybe. Um, the thing you have to remember is like or consider is like look at look at Bama, you know, like he 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 couldn't do anything against South Florida for Alabama, like it was bad. So it just I don't think he was. I just don't think he has it. I just don't think he does. Um, Irish SPE. Um, uh, thanks for what you do, Greg, fellow LA area fan, Nordane fans since childhood, Nordane via family alumni. All right, man. Thanks for being here. Hope you subscriber. Hope you subscriber. Hoping to see you again. Uh, Rajon says I am the best at comforting us in our angst. Yes, it's it's good for me as well. Good for me as well. Roosevelt Carney says the Florida State OC, also an O line coach. So we looked into him last year, and he just uh, he's an O line guy, and so I don't know how that would fit. Uh, but we liked him. I liked him. I liked him as a, as a candidate. Um, just didn't, I don't know, just didn't seem to get any sort of traction there. Um, all right. Uh, I'm going to end it there. Thank you everyone for tuning in. If this is, uh, again, if this is your first time catching it and you had a good time, uh, please subscribe to the show. Please hit the like button. Please hit the notification bell. Uh, so, you know, we're going live. Jamie and I will be back Tuesday, uh, probably with a mailbag talking about, um, whatever it is you want to talk about. Dara and I will be, uh, doing a live show tomorrow at probably around noon Pacific three Eastern time following the women's basketball game. Everyone tune into that tune into the women's basketball game. That's uh one Eastern time, 10 Pacific time. And uh, Darren, and I will going to be talking about it. Uh, coach Hump's fired up. He's fired up for it. Uh, so uh, thank you everyone. Have a good rest of your Sunday. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow and keep hitting and hustling.